Welcome back to Bridgerton Bidi- <laughs> Bridgerton Bitches. I need to do that again. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. What did you say? Welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. We're back with our book club. Today we're talking all about chapter 11. My name's Christina. I'm Natalie and I'm not redoing that intro, so we're keeping it in. Damn it. Oh. This is authentic styles. Okay. Um... So just a little recap of our previous episode. Um, we had the balls out um, for the Palmau game and Anthony and Kate put everything back in the shed and started walking up together towards the house. And I predicted that there was something to do with a blanket mm-hmm. um, because I just thought it was weird that they were talking so much about putting the blanket back. Do you remember what you predicted for this chapter? You say they were talking so much about putting the blanket back. It was literally, he put the blanket back and said, that needs a wash. It, but it should have been zero. So I know I'm exaggerating, but I feel like something's up with that. Yeah. I can't remember. Actually, I think I said that there might be like a meal coming up or something. Because there wasn't a TV show, wasn't there? A big get-together meal. You played it safe with your prediction. I did. And I think They're I was... going to have some food. And there's going to be conversations, and there were conversations. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this chapter opens up with Anthony and Kate walking back towards the house, and he keeps stealing glances at her, doesn't he? So it says something like, well, I suppose that we should mention Lady Whistledown's extract. We both ignore it at the start of every chapter because we find it boring, but let's just say it. She says, nothing like a spot of a competition to bring out the worst in a man or best in a woman. And then it opens with Anthony and Kate walking side by side, Anthony's stealing glances. And he says... We did... Can I just say, we did agree with Lady Whistledown's comment there, didn't we? In the last chapter, we were saying that this is brought out a side of Anthony we didn't find very attractive. Did we find this side of Kate attractive? I don't know. I don't think we minded it so much, did we? Okay, so Lady Whistledown was on fire then. She was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess we see a fun side, a spirited side of Kate, which is reinforced. Um, And we did see, we did say actually that Anthony was a bit of like a child stamped child. I don't want the pink one. I want the black one. Exactly. In that exact voice. Um, Okay, and then they start walking side by side. And Anthony says... She really was quite an attractive woman in her own right. He didn't know why this always surprised him. Your thoughts? Well, I kind of, I was kind of surprised when he starts comparing her to Edwina in that bit as well. And he says, he admits that Edwina is amazingly beautiful and no one else can look at anyone else when Edwina's in the room. Um, But he does realise that actually Kate's very attractive. And I kind of, I just put, yeah, it's more than looks, exclamation mark in brackets because I think there is far more to attraction than what someone looks like and I think he's realizing this yeah and he says as well that his memory of Kate never lives up to the enchanting reality of her face she'd never mastered the placid serene expression young ladies were meant to aspire to but he likes that she's active and energetic and she's got like a nice like reaction on her face so if you want to bag a man have a reactive face. That's what I'm getting so far. Yeah, and we talked about this before, that Edwina acts in a way that she's supposed to act. She's supposed to be demure and shy and easygoing, eyes cast down, of course, my lord, all the time. 
which I find quite frustrating. But that is, you know, how a woman's supposed to act in society. But obviously, there's ten a penny, isn't there, of, of those kind of people, whereas yeah. Kate is really different. And yeah. Sienna, I suppose, was the same. And going back to what you said, when he when Anthony does start to talk about Edwina, he says, well, to be fair, I think anyone who stands next to Edwina is going to be overlooked or overshadowed because you're right. He says, oh, you know, Edwina is stunningly amazing, startlingly beautiful that, you know, you, you ca- it can't be helped that other people fade into the background. And then he says what we say. And yet when he when he looks back on the game he says well i didn't spare any thought or any glances you know on edwina because i was in the game but he's like actually i i have a lot of memories of looking at kate and that's when things start to change in his mind isn't it yeah because you know edwina's a little bit boring sorry edwina um there's got to be more to hold your attention than looks so yeah and that's what he's realizing as well and I think as well he never even really considered that Kate might be beautiful that's what he's sort of talking about in it with himself isn't he saying actually I've never really realized that she's beautiful in her own right because Edwina's always there distracting with her beauty and as he's staring at her and thinking all these thoughts Kate looks up at him and she's like why are you looking at me like that um and he kind of denies it and she says are you laughing at me you have totally skipped like a massive chapter of what happened no no, this is the next bit because then he says he noticed that she smiled he loved that she smiled I was just saying that I like that bit you can't move on and miss out a huge no so he is glancing at her at Kate and then she stops and looks up at the rain and he asks if she's okay and there's a huge bit before that happens so he asks if she's okay and she looks up at the rain and she says that she doesn't like thunderstorms and my question for you is why do you think she doesn't like thunderstorms well we already know don't we because it's in the tv show so in the last episode i actually predicted this do you remember i said to you that they're going to bring in the thunderstorm storyline and that there's going to be a thunderstorm and she's going to go to the kitchen and she's going to pick up the blanket and he was going to walk in, remember? Yeah, you so did as soon call as I read, Yeah, as soon as I read this thing about um, uh, she, he mentions thunderstorms and she looks a bit taken aback, I was like, oh, here we go. It's happening. I don't remember why she doesn't like thunderstorms. So why do you think she doesn't like thunderstorms? I I can't particularly remember, but it was something to do with her dad in the TV show. Like, I can't remember. It used to happen in India. There'd be thunderstorms and I don't know, maybe her dad died on the night of a thunderstorm or something. I can't I really don't, remember. I don't think it's made explicit in the TV show. Why? So let's use our imagination. I think that he, her dad died at sea and there was a thunderstorm. But then, yeah, and that's why she's so scared. Now you go. I think her dad was in the house and he died one night and it coincided with a massive thunderstorm. Nice. And maybe she found his dead body. Knowing knowing Bridgerton book, it will be that he was struck by lightning in front of her when she was six years old, like Anthony's B story. Yes. So yes, then it's like even more similarities between them. And do you and then Anthony's are all like, Oh, I actually kinda like the thunderstorms. Do you like rain and thunderstorms or are you more like Kate? I absolutely j'adore 
thunderstorms and when I lived in Wales we barely got any we got like one every 18 months and now I've moved to the southeast I've only been here four months and we've had like 10 thunderstorms and I'm loving it what's that about then why is that I don't know if it's to do with the climate because it's slightly warmer um I have no idea but um I love it I get really excited have you ever been struck by lightning no but um I had to deal with a flood during a lightning storm and I was outside like bailing out water and then afterwards I googled it and they were like things you must not do in a thunderstorm one go outside two go near water Um, and I was like Jesus I did all those things and then it it said if you're outside in a thunderstorm and you feel your hair prickling you have to get on the ground as fast as you can in a ball position because you could be about to be struck by lightning. What? No. How creepy is that? If only Kate's dad had known that top tip. So yeah. I kind of like that we don't know exactly why she's scared of thunderstorms. I quite I'm intrigued to see if we find out more about her fear. But it then progresses and then they they carry on walking and he's watching her kicking a stone and and this is where your moment comes in. Um, and he, he finds it amusing watching her little toe, her little boot, escaping. He likes feet. Yes, Remember? he does, because he's, he's focusing on how cute her the toe of her boot is. You're right. He wants to put her toes in his mouth, maybe? I don't yeah, he wants her, her toes in his mouth. Later on. And she is about, he's gazing at her, or her toes, and she says, do you think, and then she looks at him and says why are you looking at me like that now my mm-hmm. question to you is what do you think she was gonna say um we know because <laughs> isn't this the <laughs> isn't this the bit where she's about to say do you think it will rain and that's when he's like no I don't perhaps a thunderstorm and that's when she looks at him about the whole thunderstorm comment She's worried about there being a thunderstorm. No, that's already happened, love. They've moved on, mate. Mm, They've had that agree conversation. To mm, agree, agree to, to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree, you. Um, no, she's going to say something else. And I think it's going to be something really like standard, like, do you think you'll spend much time in the country the rest of the year? I think it's something like that. I, I'm trying to look back, but that would be unprofessional. Um, so I'm just going to move on. Um, move on, I but I'm I, right. Okay, I'm going to check that later. Please do. Um, I will. <laughs> Don't you, you worry about it. I won't worry. I won't I'll put it on speak. Facebook. Please, yeah. I look and forward to that. And everyone's going to agree with me. Okay. Um, And then, so basically, he says to her, so basically in his mind, he's thinking, I really want to know what she thinks of me now. And he says to her, you owe me a boom Can for I just... the game. One second, before he says this, why is he laughing so hard in the first place? I know he's like, oh, your expression is so funny, but why is he really laughing? Well, he doesn't know. He says he doesn't know why he's laughing. He just, yeah. That was anticlimactic. Any more interruptions, pointless interruptions you'd like to make? Just one more, just one more, just one more. Could you say basically one more time? That would be great. (laughs) Because that makes it three in less than 10 seconds. (laughs) okay thank you you just a bit of feedback just a bit of feedback from the uh the listeners me and the listener yes you may (laughs) thank you um I didn't know what a boon was but in the context I guess 
it was kind of obvious. So he's I googled it. Because... I googled it. Okay, do you want to say? Yeah, a boon is. It can mean helpful or beneficial or a favour or a request. It can also mean a newbie, I guess from baboon maybe. Like, oh, you baboon, you've done it wrong. I don't know. But apparently boon <laughs> comes from the old Norse word bon, which is a request for or a favour. Okay, so that makes sense. So he's saying to her, because I lost the game, um, you owe me something. So he says to her, I would like to ask you a question. And this is the bit I liked because it's a bit intense. Mm -hmm. As he says this, he plants his hand against the tree trunk rather close to her face. And Kate's feeling trapped, but not trapped because she can't get away because she could. She feels trapped by his eyes, which are burning hot and dark into her. And this is a really good bit. So he goes to ask his question and he says, do you? He moves closer. Still another inch. Hate me. What did you think of that? I thought that was really hot. That was too hot to handle. That was so hot. And then, you know, when he did plant his hand against a tree trunk, it just made me think about other types of tree trunks. And in the TV show, tree trunks are quite an important part of the show. So there's that huge tree trunk that is in front of them in that gun scene where he readjusts her gun. And yes. there is also a tree trunk involved when he hyperventilates after her getting stung and he puts his hand against the tree trunk there. So I thought that was a little nod to the tree trunk. I think maybe it's a phallic symbol. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to read a little bit from the book after what happened. So after he says, do you still hate me? Kate swallowed convulsively. Whatever she'd been expecting him to ask, it hadn't been this. She licked her lips, preparing to speak, even though she had no idea what she'd say. But not a sound emerged. His lips curved into a slow, masculine smile. I'll take that as a no. What is... And then, with an abruptness um, that left her head spinning, he pushed off at the tree and said briskly, Well then, I do believe it's time we went inside and prepared for the evening, don't you? So he feels like he's won again. Yeah. So firstly, what is a masculine smile? Is that one with teeth or no teeth? Yeah, that's strange. I don't know. Masculine smile, like maybe a little bit lopsided with a bit of tongue sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> like a little dog. Or maybe, um, yeah, maybe. Um, so that is my first question. That's strange. When he says, you said it was a phallic symbol. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Um, I'm probably reading into it too much, but you know, tree trunks are wide, they're solid, they're strong, and I guess <laughs> you could say they're a bit phallic in shape. Okay. Okay, I get you. Because and when it, and big. Um just wanted to clarify that because when it says when he says to her, I'll take that as a no, he pushed off the tree. I was like, hmm, is she the tree? And is this a um premonition? Or what's it called when it's like hinting at the future? Oh, I can't remember. I know what you mean. Like a premonition for the future. Um, I was like, oh, he pushed off the tree. And I was like, oh, it's almost quite sexual, this scene. He moves closer, another inch. Mm -hmm. He says something to her and he pushes off her and he's cold, robotic and unfeeling. <laughs> that, oh. uh, and I was like, hmm, I don't like how oh. mercurial he is. That's a really nice word. Um, just on the tree subject, I just realised. Um, do you remember what happened on series one, episode one, with Anthony in a tree? He was having shaggingtons with that lady. Yes, 
yeah. the tree so... features heavily in his love life we've we've yes. decided um after that he seems super energized and super buzzed why do you think that is because he knows that she likes him presumptuous and he's won again mm, everything's a game with anthony isn't it yes you're right can't be bothered he then says something like oh see you later love at supper or something and he i've written this down because i liked it he dropped a searing kiss on the inside of her wrist upon the single band of bare flesh between her glove and sleeve so that's basically you know when normally men in the olden days would take your hand and kiss the top of it like where your knuckles mm -hmm. are Am I right in thinking he's turned her hand over to where your veins are and kissed the veins on her wrist? Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen that in other costume dramas, though. Yes. I didn't think it was that original. We watched it in The Discovery of Witches, but the difference there was that he was a vampire and she was a witch, so it kind of made sense that he would do that. <laughs> um, and now I'm worried that um, Anthony is a, is, a, is a vampire. Which That'd is be fine. A great twist. That would be a brilliant twist and not predictable at all. So you know, there's something to think about Netflix. Um, but I was, I had a feeling that I think they're going to use that scene in season three between Penelope and Colin. I've got a feeling because that's a very beautiful thing to happen and they didn't do that in season two and I think sometimes what they saying. might do is they might mm. take things from different books and I can just imagine how you know Anthony and um Anthony and Colin Colin and Penelope you know oh <laughs> little kiss in the hand little kiss in the hand and then it gets oh a little bit higher a little bit higher then it's like suddenly on her nipple giving her a kiss on her nipple I'm just saying that's how these things progress but it could start with kissing her on the little bare flesh between her glove and sleeve I think that's sexual what do you think Oh, it's not, not my favorite I it's okay it's like meh yeah that's kind of nice hmm. I think if you had it done to you maybe I think it's because I've, I've seen it before so it didn't really take me by surprise I thought it was um, very intimate though yeah yeah it was but she doesn't to... respond to that level of intimacy she doesn't like blush or go red or seem shocked does she I thought she was in shock that's why she can't speak and she's just standing there like a lemon but I think that was more because he outright asked her whether he whether she liked him and oh, she couldn't okay. reply and she just went like she just didn't know what to say. So she's a bit she feels unnerved because it says afterwards, um I don't know, that's later on. So basically he just has to leave her outside. She can barely speak. I think she manages to nod when he's like, Should I leave you here? Um and then he goes away and the next the next bit is her coming down to dinner, isn't it? so before so yeah the next scene is Kate's ready to go downstairs and eat and there's um she meets the three Featheringtons the the youngest one Penelope and Can I just before that sorry I'm doing a you just before that she says something that I like so she says she doesn't want to go down to dinner and she keeps considering whether she should just say she's sick so she doesn't have to go down but the bit I like is she said she refused to be a coward she wasn't a coward and I like that about Kate she but does do you, have courage. Do you think that's the real reason? Or is it actually she's honest with herself? She wants to go down because she wants to see him. Maybe she isn't being honest with yourself, with herself. You could be right. I don't think so. I think that, that she, because, yeah, we, we see something that happens later that I think highlights the fact that she she can't help herself now. She can't help herself but, but notice him. 
but she uh, does say as well in this moment that some, she feels something has changed and she's unnerved and she's frightened. And she said, well, it's natural to be frightened when you don't understand somebody. So she's gone back into thinking Anthony was a rake and judging him to now yeah. feeling quite unnerved because she doesn't really understand him now. Yeah, and as he was walking away, she said something like she felt that something important had happened, but she didn't know what. Yeah. And that's him, isn't it? That's his mental shift. He he wants her to like him, and she confirmed that he did. She does, so that's the change. So Kate is waiting for Mary, and um, we keep forgetting her name. That says something, doesn't it? Edwina, yeah. Edwina. Um, and basically there's... um. In the book, it says something like the fourth Featherington is still at school. Now, in the I TV, know. in the TV series, um, is there a fourth Featherington daughter? No, and I was going to wait and see if you noticed this because it was quite subtly put in. So yeah, it says there's a fourth sister and she's still in school, and I just I thought that was strange. Mm. I I want to know if we'll ever meet this fourth sister, or if you think mm. that there isn't one in the TV series. Well, I don't think there is in the TV series. I, th- I think we would have heard about it by now. Mm. And then the description of um, the description by Kate of Penelope is that Penelope is basically in yellow, which is not a good colour for her, and frills that overwhelm her. And I thought, aha, so in season three, are they going to make the dresses more streamlined to show off more accurately the um the actress's body because in season one and two there were a lot of frills you know when they do the whole glow up and they change Mm. like little things about someone so I think maybe they've made the dresses to be slightly more unflattering in order to make her glow up in season three what do you think yeah I think that's the plan um and then Kate says you know you'd look smashing in green and she holds up her own green dress against um, against Penelope and says, "Oh, look! You know, you 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 look lush. You look lovely." Um, and M- Penelope says, "Apparently, green is a men a melancholy color, which I thought was interesting, given that Kate's quite reflective, isn't she? Not quite melancholy, but she's she's quite pensive." Um, and what I what I do you think this means? And that they're going to put Penelope in lots of green dresses? Oh, I was going to say, do you do you not remember a few episodes ago? You actually said that you think green would suit Penelope. Do you remember? I do remember. Because of her colouring? Yeah, I so do So you called it. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Um, Thought it would feel better. But um, can I just say, before you move on to something different, that Kay and Penelope at this stage are talking about, you know, how Penelope was forced out into society last year. And she weighs two stone. She weighs two stone less. She's lost two stone. And my heart kind of sank a little bit there because mm. it felt a little bit too much like I haven't had any interest because I was fat. Yeah, in inverted commas, I was fat or I was two stone heavier. And now I've come out into society and I was like, I really hope they don't make the actress look two stone lighter. Cause I, I think there'd be a big backlash if they did that. Yeah, because I really don't like that, and um, no. it just made my heart sink a little bit when she said that, and it the way she said it in such um, like a, oh, it's no big deal, but you know, I lost two stone now, like that's why no one was interested in me. I was like, oh, that's so sad that like. Penelope... Well, it gets worse later on in the chapter, doesn't it? The fat, mm-hmm. the fat shaming thing. Um, what I thought was interesting is that Kate and Penelope are having a conversation. They're they're forming a bond based on the fact that they both feel like 
they're not the most popular girl in the room and they get overlooked yeah and then what I thought was interesting I wanted to ask what you thought about this so Kate or the narrator says that they formed a bond after both wore gloves um of like a a not very nice color and they were criticized by Lady Whistledown do you think Penelope aka Whistledown purposely wrote that in order to get Kate to bond with her is she that manipulative I hope not because the Penelope that we see here is so lovely she's like she's really open and honest isn't she with Kate she's like oh you know blah 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 and blah 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 and then to have that different side to her that calculative side or maybe she just really admires Kate and wants Kate to notice her and thinks the only way she can do that is through the critical eye of of Lady Whistledown I just think it was calculated Mm. by you form a bond with someone if you both become victims and you have a common enemy or common adversary and I think that's quite a good manipulative technique that she did that so that they would bond about it to what end then why would you why do you think she wants to bond with Kate because she likes her or because she's lonely or because she feels unpopular or she doesn't have any friends I think um, if you want to go down the calculative bitch route, it's probably likely that she wants to get in on the gossip and find out what's happening between Edwina ooh. and Anthony before anyone else does. If you want to go down the calculative route, because she could make mm. friends of anyone, couldn't she? I think she just likes Kate. But you're right, maybe maybe that's not it. And she does want to have a connection. She's making a connection to get more gossip. Maybe she identifies a lot with Kate because she sees Kate getting overlooked a lot because Edwina steals the show and Kate is like the invisible sister maybe she's like actually I kind of know what that feels like to be the invisible sister because she doesn't feel attractive does she and her mum puts Mm. her down a lot yeah so we get introduced to Cressida don't we so Lady Cowper who we saw in the tv show in series one um which surprised me because um we don't see really that much of her in the latest series of the TV show. So Cressida is basically a bitch um, and she comes over and she's trying to be rude to Penelope and a little bit to Kate as well. And this, I really dislike this bit, made me really uncomfortable, but she calls over a male friend called Grimston and she says to him, what do you think of Penelope's, I don't know, outfit or whatever? So he starts eyeing Penelope up and down really thoroughly, which I just put ill because it was really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and when Lady Cowper says to him, what do you think or something? Um, he pretends that he's got nothing nice to say. So it was really quite unpleasant. It was. And it reminded me in season one when that gross guy did exactly the same to Marina. He eyeballed her up and down. Mm. And it's interesting because Kate wants to defend Penelope, but she also doesn't want to make her look weak by doing that, um, which I thought was interesting. But she ends up blurting out to this guy, do you not have somewhere to be? And then Lady Cowper pretends that, oh, God, how rude, even though she's the one being really, really rude. And where it gets really bad is, (laughs) I can't remember if it's Lady Cowper or Grimston, basically blurts out in regards to Penelope, she used to be fat. How rude is that? I was really shocked. And Kate is really shocked as well. Yeah, it was really shocking. But the context for that was something like Lady Culper says, oh, 
you're doing so much better this year or so nice to see you this year and then Penelope says why why would that be or, or Kate says oh why would that be why should you be shocked to see her here and then Lady Cowper says oh because she was fat so the context doesn't, context doesn't stop it from being cruel but it it gives us it shows us that manipulative side of of Cressida Cowper how she's engineered the conversation uh, to end up that way but the author says or Kate says actually uh Cressida and that Grimstone guy whatever he's called are basically like the same person um they're really unpleasant mm. but I did I didn't notice that Kate was like oh I didn't know what to say I didn't want I didn't want Penelope to look weak but why didn't they just make their excuses and get some more punch or something just get themselves away from that situation well I think that's what Kate says tries to do when she says don't you have somewhere else to be before she blurts it out but she's trying to be polite and I guess she was a bit shocked. I think she was genuinely quite shocked and taken aback when they made that fat comment. Yeah. And then I suppose at the time, I wouldn't have known what to say either. But looking back, I think it would have been good to say, uh, well, a pleasure to see you both. Um, we'll be getting some punch or something. Yeah. Um, it was awful. And basically, Anthony comes over to this to these guys talking. And Kate is so um, offended um, and disconcerted over what Lady Cowper's just said. She doesn't even put her wall up. So Anthony can tell that something's gone down. She's uncomfortable. And he basically turns into the hero, doesn't he? He comes over. He ignores Cressida, who tries to speak to him. And Kate loves that. Um, and then he asks. It was like the typical rom-com movie where this happens all the time, right? He asks to escort Penelope into dinner, even though he's breaking the rule because he's supposed to escort the most highly, like, highest in society. Um, and then he says to Penelope, in so that Lady Calpa can hear, I do hate a bully, don't you? Hmm. So he swoops in, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's good. I like it. Do you like it that he swooped in, or do you think it would have been better if it ended differently? Um, It's just really predictable. Like, it's nice, and basically it... it encourages Kate to like him more so she sees him differently she actually describes him as a hero but again it's a very very common trope I haven't said trope in ages but it's in so many uh romantic movies where that happens so again it's just like I, maybe I would have found it more interesting if something completely unexpected had happened what do you think do you mind that it's a common trope um, no, I just don't really understand why he would have made the effort to do that. Is it just to show us that he was observing Kate? Is it more to show us that he's observing Kate more than anything else? I think it's to show us or it's to show Kate. It's a little, it's reminding me a little bit of Pride and Prejudice. Kate has this judgmental view of all this prejudice against Anthony because she sees him as very black and white. He's a rake. He doesn't care about women. He's selfish. Um, so he's starting to do things now that show her that that's not the case. So now she's seen a side that's actually, he's very kind. He's a hero. He's rescued someone. Yeah. Um. So I think, again, it's just building into that, trying to get her to see him differently. But it was just, again, it was just a bit predictable for me. But I agree. I feel like maybe, yeah, I would have quite liked to have seen Kate and Penelope get out of that on their own. Yeah. And Kate was, I suppose, quite uncharacteristically mute. She yeah. was almost so offended. She was speechless, I suppose. But um, it's not like her, I suppose, is it? 
No, no, it's out of character. But now chapter 12 is the one we're going to read live, isn't it? We're going to do a live review of it. Because I think yeah. um, Erin said that it was juicy. Yeah. Do you have any predictions for chapter 12? I honestly don't know. I I'm thinking maybe there'll be a heated discussion again in, in the evening, maybe? In the library, maybe? What do you think? I'm I'm still calling my last prediction from the last episode. I'm still calling thunderstorm kitchen blanket. It's like okay. Cluedo. Clu Cluedo? Cluedo. You know? Exciting. The blanket in the kitchen in the thunderstorm. With a saucepan of milk. Yeah. Maybe it'd be quite nice to see Kate come to his aid. Maybe something embarrassing happens and she helps cover it up for him. Well, I guess... Hang on, has the bee sting thing happened yet? No. Ah, so maybe that, that's what will happen later. Maybe much later. Or, I don't know. Maybe I want that it, happens in Chapter 12. I want it to even out. So now she does something for him or that makes him feel good or surprised. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. So they're a bit more equal again. Yeah. But that's it. That brings us to the end of Chapter 11. Thank you for joining us. We are on Bridget and Bitches on Facebook if you want to come and say hello. Chris, anything to add? Yeah, come and say hello. We're going to be running polls. Um, and remember, the link to Kofi is in the description if you wanted to support us. Um, and have a lovely rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.